let's go. Um, welcome everyone. Erev Shavuot, Wednesday night, 49th night of the Omer. We will be starting now our Haralvanon's Tonight's Shi'ur is Daf Pebet. We will begin on Pe'alf Amudbet, and we will begin at the Gufa, which is the second to last word on the line. Gufa Amar Shakish, second to last word on the line. One second. Gufa says the Gemara, Amar Shlakish, Sror Shaluba Asavim, Mutal Kanehba, Vatolesh Mimena Bishabat, Chayav Chatat. We had mentioned before that if a person is going to the bathroom and he chooses to use a, um, a rock on the ground that has that, that either Sror is either a rock or it's a some say it's a rock and some say it's a piece of wood. But either way, something that grass grew on and you pick it off the ground. So now by picking it off the ground, you could be detaching something from the ground. Those, the things that grew on it. You're allowed to wipe with it. But if you pull off the grass on purpose, we said before, then you chayav chatat. Because then you pull it off. And if we, before we said it was psikhalesh and law, nichale and you didn't care. Amar papi. We see from here that if you have a pot, which is a parpisa, a pot parpisa means you have a pot that has a hole in the bottom, a flower pot that has a hole in the bottom. If you have a flower pot with a hole in the bottom, so the the plant that grows in the flower pot is considered like it's attached to the ground for many different laws. This idea of atzit shenekuv is a flower pot that has a hole in it. It's considered like it's on the ground for many laws, like the laws of shemitah, the laws of maaser, and you're growing something in the ground, you have maaser. If you're growing it in a pot that's off the ground, it could be different. Shemitah uh, could be different. A lot of these different laws, makes a difference. So here we have a case. Let's say on Shabbat, a guy has a flower pot with a hole in the bottom. And you're growing something in the flower pot. Now we consider the hole in the bottom as if your whatever you're growing in the pot is growing from the ground. Because since there's a hole in the bottom, it's attached to the ground, it's being yonek from the ground, it's drawing from the ground. Now, if we're saying that you're allowed to pick up this rock in order to go to the bathroom, the rabbi is saying it should be possible to be able to move a flower pot with a hole in the bottom. And you shouldn't say that I'm harvesting when I pick up the flower pot with the hole in the bottom because, because just like I'm allowed to pick up the rock in order to wipe myself, I should be allowed to pick up the flower pot and move it, because it's the same idea, just picking it off the ground, what's wrong? Rav Kahana asked the question, If the rabbis let you do it for a reason, to wipe yourself, they allowed you to pick up the rock with the grass growing on it, but that was to wipe yourself. But would they allow you to do it just so you can move your flower pot? Not necessarily, and therefore you cannot prove about that. Amar Abaya, 
Now, once we mention this idea about the flower pot, we're going to talk about it more. The flower, again, it's a flower pot with a hole in it. If the flower pot had no hole in it, it would be less connected to the ground and it would be more mutar to move. We're talking about the worst case of a flower pot with a hole, so therefore it's considered attached to the ground and it would be avera to pick it up on Shabbat because you'd be harvesting the thing in it. Amar Papasya, this flower pot with the hole. Now that you mentioned it, I'd like to say something about it. Uh, if this flower pot is on the ground, okay, and you picked it up and you decided to put it on a post, you have to bring a korban because you harvested if it was on a post, this flower pot with the, not here, the flower pot with the thing was on a post, and then, yeah, okay. yeah. it was on a post, and then you put it, you took it off the post, and you put it on the ground, then you'll be on the flip side, because you planted why did you plant? Because you had a flower pot that was on a post. So it was off the ground. It wasn't getting anything in the ground. You put it on the ground in a way where it's still able to draw through the hole from the ground. So you're planting it. And you have for planting, says Abaya. Okay. Interesting going on here. Back to the story of wiping again. Amar Rabbi Yochran. Asur lekaneach becheres b'shabbat. It's asur to wipe yourself with a piece of clay on Shabbat, with clay on Shabbat. Ma'itama, what's the reason why it's a sewer to do with clay on Shabbat? If the problem is because of sakana, because maybe a person, when he uses clay, he might, since it's a strong item, you might cause a, a, a problem in the rectum. You could cause a, a, the sphixter. This is what I think it is. I believe it's the sphixter, which is the thing at the end of the rectum that closes. When a person has goes to the bathroom, uh, it naturally opens. So this sphixter, an amazing gift, by the way, a person whose sphixter has a problem with his sphixter, life is disaster. An automatic thing, the small little thing, and it opens and closes at, at a person, one person to tighten it and loosen it. And um, if he didn't have it, everything would just leak out of him. And some people all in, they have to go for surgeries, and it's a very hard thing. But either way, this a person shouldn't wipe with cheres, we're assuming, because the sakana that it can mess around with your spikster. If so, afilu bechol nami. If that's why, why did the Rabbi Yochanan say you can't do it on Shabbat? You shouldn't be able to do it even during the week. If it's dangerous, you can't do it at all. The Ela Mishum Kshafim must be the reason is because when you wipe with clay, you leave yourself. So, yes. So if it's if that's the reason, the Ela Mishum Kshafim must be it because of. Magic, because when a person wipes himself with clay, he leaves himself open to the possibility that 
that a magician that he's in trouble for because of magic for some reason. If so, I feel then we have the same problem with that. Even during the week, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. It's still a danger of magic. The Ella Mishum Hashrat Nimim must be because a person, when you do that, you might pull out hair. Since people have hair often in in that area of the body, and when you do it with clay, the clay might pull out the hairs, and you're not allowed to pull out your hairs on Shabbat. Maybe that's the reason. Because if there was any other reasons, you wouldn't be it wouldn't be a difference if it's Shabbat or the weekday. If that's true, you're not trying to take out the hairs, so that should be mutar also on Shabbat. So either way, whatever reason is, they, they said it's not allowed, whether because of magic, or whether because of the danger, or whether because of hairs, it should be allowed. Either either it should be allowed, or it should be also during the weekday. So we're going to have an answer to the first answer. Amar lehu rab natan bar osha. Gavra rabba amar milta name of etama. If a big rabbi like Rabbi Yochanan said something, we should figure out a reason why he said it. Okay? Lomi bai bechol de asur. It must be that Rabbi Yochanan was saying the following. When he said it's asur on Shabbat, he meant like this. Not only is it asur on the weekday, since it is a keli, shapir dami. You might think it's okay, which means the following: a person might say like this. Yes, it's a problem because of magic, and during the week you shouldn't use it at all. But. On Shabbat, you might have thunk that even though there's a magic problem and it's dangerous to use it because you could get damaged with the magic by using uh, by using it, but on Shabbat, when you have a choice of either getting damaged by magic or doing mukseh, you might have thunk, better to get damaged by magic than do, than do mukseh. So the Gemara is telling you, no, we'd rather you pick up the stone and be lenient with mukseh than... Uh, than this magic business. Magic is more dangerous. Avoid that. So that's how Rav Ba'ush is getting out of the problem. He's saying that, yes, it is a magic problem. And the reason why we're saying you can't do it is because of magic. Okay? And you might have thought that it's better to use it with magic on Shabbat, not during the week, because you, on Shabbat, it's the only time when you're not allowed to pick up a rock or some muxa. Rabbi Matnila, Rabbi explains me like this. Mishumashat meaning... He says the problem is because you might pull out hairs. It's a Shabbat problem. We're afraid you'll, if you use clay, you'll pull out a hair in that area. And he has a problem of Yochanan. Did Yochanan say you now that use uh, clay on Shabbat for wiping? It sounds like Yochanan holds. That the varsha enemit kaven, something that you're not intending to do, like you're not intending to pull up hairs, that's asura. If so, we have a general rule that Ryokan always holds, halacha follows a Mishnah without an author, and there was a Mishnah without an author that says, Nazir The Mishnah says, a Nazir who's not allowed to, uh, he's not allowed to take a haircut and not allowed to pull out any hairs. Is allowed to comb his hair. No, I'm sorry. He's allowed to move his the hair on his head, but not, but he can't 
comb is there because if he combs there, it's for sure going to take him out. But you see, he's allowed to move his hair, even though it might come out. How's he allowed to move his hair? It should be a problem because of the uh, of taking out hair. Must be. It's because the Varshem is command. He's not intending to do it. So you see, Rabbi Yochanan does say that the Varshem command is mutar. So if he's if it's mutar by the Nazir, why over here, in the case of the wiping with the clay, would he say it's a problem because he might pull out air? He doesn't care about pulling out air. In the very same case by Nazir, he lets the clay his hair out. Is that clear, Mark? Yes? Carl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it, I got it. Okay, good. We go back to the first answer that the problem was because of magic. Now the Gemara is going to explain what's the magic problem. Okay, how does how does the wiping with clay cause a magic problem to the guy? Mike Sapin, what's the black magic thing? Kihadir of Chista, Rabbi of Huna. These two rabbis, Chista Rabbi Huna, have a Ba'arba, they're going on a boat. There was a, um, a matrunta is a Roman lady who told them, let me sit with you on the boat. She wanted to sit with them on the boat. And they wouldn't put her on the boat. Now, Anyway, they, they're, they're scared to go on the boat with the goy, so they wouldn't stay and put her on the boat with her. Amra Ihi Milta, she said uh, a magic word. She said some kind of incantation. The Astra Arba, and after she said the incantation, all of a sudden, the boat that they were on ended up being wrapped up uh, in ropes, and it couldn't move. You're not letting me on, no problem. I'll do black magic on the boat and I'll stop the boat where it is. Sounds like Harry Potter. Amra Inhu Milta, they said something back. Misharihu, they made their own thing. Of course, the rabbis don't do black magic. They use uh, they use the Koach Torah, and they un they undid the, the 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 ropes that she put on it with magic. Amra Lahu, so she told them. I'm stuck. I have nothing I can do to you. Why is that? You guys are always careful. You never you never wipe with clay. If you would wipe with clay, I could get you guys. But since you never wipe with clay, you're immune to my magic. What else don't you do that if you would have done, I could have magic you up? You never kill... You never kill a lice that, that goes on your clothes. You don't kill it on your clothes. And you guys, and you also never eat any vegetables when they're tied up in bundles. So since you never do any of these things, I don't have power over you to get you. So we see from here that wiping yourself with clay is dangerous for magic, which is what we were saying before. Okay. told the son Why don't you go to Rav to learn from him? He says very, very 
strong stuff. He has very, very strong stuff, he says. Amalaisa told him back. My Azilagabe, what's the point of going to Pista? He tells me, he doesn't tell me Torah when I go there. He tells me uh, regular secular stuff about the world. Every time I go to Rechista, he's telling me other stuff. I'm not going to Rechista. What did he tell me? He told me, He shouldn't sit very quickly. And he shouldn't push very hard when he goes to the bathroom. Because a person's uh, intestines sit on three teeth. If you do any of these things, you can cause a problem to the teeth in your intestines. Amale, so Ramona told the son, who He's, he's saving your life and taking you get, taking care of your health. And you're calling that secular stuff? You for sure should go to him if he's going to take care of your health. You should go learn from him because you learn a lot from him. Okay. Now we're going to discuss what you now learn to watch about. A guy goes to the bathroom. And you have in front of you a tzlod, or like a rock, becheres and clay. Use the tzlod, use the tzlod, even though you know it's muksem. You can't use cheres. He says you should do the not muksem one and don't do the tzlod. Metivi, they asked her for that question. How you have both the same two things? A rock and clay. You should use the chesed, not the tzor. To you have to Ravuna. It's a question on Ravuna. Now, in these rabbis, it seems like they're holding that they're not worried about magic. We had just said that chesed is dangerous. This rabbi seems like he doesn't hold like Rabbi Yochanan before that Chedis is dangerous for magic, even though we just saw the whole story with the lady on the boat. This rabbi doesn't seem to hold like that. It's talking about a case where you're using the bottom of the utensil. The clay is the bottom of the utensil which is exactly smooth, and therefore it's not dangerous. Okay, good. New case. What should you do during the weekday? How should a person go to the bathroom again? Hayulifana, the guy has in front of you, either a rock or I have grasses. These two rabbis. One says you should use the rock, even though it's not as smooth, but don't use the asavim. You know why? Because since they're very moist, they cut the skin somehow. I don't know how that works. The other one says, no, you should do the grasses. So don't use the sword because it's not smooth. And that's more dangerous. The question here is, what's more dangerous to use? If a person wipes himself with something, that is flammable, it causes 
your teeth on the bottom to fall out. So therefore, don't do any, don't use grasses because grasses are flammable. Use rocks. So you see, it's a question on the rabbi who said you should use grasses. Look, Hashem. When the rabbi said you should use grasses, that's talking about, that's talking about wet grasses because wet grasses are not flammable. And when he says you shouldn't use something, it's talking about dry grasses because dry grasses are flammable. Okay. New things about going to the bathroom. Guy who needs to go to the bathroom, number two, and doesn't. Some say that he gets bad breath. Other one says that because he's backed up with number two, his sweat smells more because of the number two in his body. But we have a bright that supports the rabbi who says that your sweat smells more when you don't go to the bathroom. The Tanya, because we learned in the Brayta, and it's like a guy who has to go to the bathroom, we ochel and you eat. That's like it's like you have an oven that you lit a new fire without clearing out the ashes. Since you still have the ashes, then it won't light well. Similarly, the food that you eat will not go in well if you don't go to the bathroom first. And therefore, you see that the stuffing up is going to cause a bad smell. Okay? What if a guy needs to go to the bathroom and he can't? It's not coming out. What should he do? What's a trick to be able to go to the bathroom? This is relevant even in our toilet paper age. He should sit and stand and squat and sand each time. This way, it causes him to go to the bathroom. He should go to a different corner and try in somewhere else. He says he should touch with a rock to that spot and it'll help him go to the bathroom. Rabbanan say, Take your mind off it. If you take your mind off it, you're for sure not going to go to the bathroom. How's that going to work? Rather than meaning, don't think about other things, just think about going to the bathroom, and that'll help you go. I saw myself, an Arab, he sat and sat, he stood and sat, he stood and sat, he stood and sat, and when he did that, it all spilled out of him like a pot. So he was able to go to the bathroom when he couldn't. This thing was very effective on an Arab. A guy who's going to sit at a serious meal, the olden days when you sat at a serious meal, we discussed in you didn't get up for nothing. And people wanted to lay down and just be able to sit for long period of times eating without having to get up to go to the bathroom. It was considered very, very hazit if a guy had to go to the bathroom in the middle of a meal. Nowadays, we don't have real meals. In the olden days, when they had real meals, no one would go to the bathroom. So you have to really go to the bathroom first before you sit in the meal. So what should you do to make sure you go to the bathroom before you go to this meal? Before, you should walk 10 times, four amot each. Each time you walk four amot, try to see if you go to the bathroom. Some say it's four times 10 amot. Then you could go to the bathroom, you could go in, and you could sit at your place like a regular human being without having to be bothered to go to the bathroom in the middle of the meal, something that we don't really understand any 
we don't know what a real meal is in it. Nowadays, anyone can go to bed with a real meal, it's fine. No Buddhism was considered high. Okay. Now, last Mishnah in Amotzi Yayin. Says Mishnah. If you're carrying out clay on Shabbat, how much in order to put in between the beams? It seems like when a person would have a beam going from one side to the other, you were afraid to let it hang. Let's see, imagine in your mind's eye, imagine you have two cinder blocks with a beam going across. Now, if you leave the beam hanging on the two cinder blocks, it'll end up bending and having a bent beam. In order to avoid having a bent beam, they would put clay under it to hold it up. So how much clay do you carry out to be chayab? Enough to put under a beam. Between one beam and the next beam. This would be words. It's enough to take a coal out of the fire. So enough clay, a little clay piece. The people will take a piece of clay sitting around and take a hot coal out of the fire to use it for something. That's how, that's how much you chayab if you carry on Shabbat. It has to be big enough to hold a three ounces of liquid. Rameir says, he's the one who says, in order to take out the fire, he says, even though I don't have a proof from this, I have a way to remember my opinion, that you have to be able to take out a coal. Because Basuk says, when Hashem is uh, giving the Jews Musar, and he tells them, you guys, you relied on the king of Egypt instead of relying on Hashem, you're going to be in trouble. You know what's going to happen? When, when you rely, you think that the king of Egypt is like a wall for you, the king of Egypt is not going to, it's going to break, and you're not going to even have a little piece of the clay wall they could use to take something out of the fire. Now, he's really taking, saying a mashal over there, the Navi. But we see that when something, clay breaks, you use it to take something out of the fire. So therefore, it's, it's true what I'm saying, that the smallest shiur, that's chashuv, is of a piece of clay, is to take a piece out of the fire. You can, it's not a proof, but it's a, a, a remembering. Amalei Rebiosi, Rebiosi told him, Rebiosi the rabbi who said that it has to be enough to carry water. Rebiosi said, huh, Misham Raya, that's your proof? He, after the Navi says it's not going to be enough to take out, uh, the, there won't be enough clay to take out a coal, he also says there won't be enough clay to take out water. So you see that both of them are like that. So the Gemara asks like this. Mestabra shiur de nafish. It's likely that Rabbi shiur about accepting water is a bigger shiur. Right? And the basuk sounds like Remer has the bigger shiur. Because if you think that, the, again, we're trying to figure out which one's bigger. Is Remer or Abyosi the bigger shiur? Is to take a coal out bigger or is to take out water bigger for this um for this clay so from logic would indicate 
that Rabbi Yossi, who says the water, is the bigger shiur. Because even a tiny piece of pottery should be able to take out one coal. But according to Rabbi Yossi, you have to be able to take out a Rabbi'it, or three ounces. That's not a tiny piece. So logically, Rabbi Yossi is a bigger one, the water one. But from the Pasuk, it sounds like Rameir is bigger, the one with the, with the coal. Why? Because if you think Rabbi Yossi is bigger, is he going to curse him with a small thing and then curse him with a bigger thing? Which means like this. Imagine I tell you, imagine I tell a person to curse and I say, you see that nice car? The Goyim are going to come, they're going to smash it up it's not going to be big enough for a for a for a shovel. Not going to take a pick up for a shovel, and it's not going to be big enough to be, to be the size of a spoon. That's what's going to happen to your Ferrari. Okay, so that makes sense because I go away from it's not going to be big enough for a shovel. Then I'm not going to be big enough for a spoon. So I, I got smaller and smaller. But a guy wouldn't say it's not going to be big enough for a spoon, and it's not going to be big enough for a shovel. Why would you say that? So it's, since the Navi in the Pasuk says that the clay is first, he says it's not going to be big enough for fire. And then he says it's not going to be big enough for the water. Sounds like the water is even smaller. And the fire is bigger. But logically, it should be the other way. So we have a contradiction. Which one's smaller? Which one's bigger? You with me? Yes. Good. Okay. I wasn't sure that was clear. I'm Abaya. So Abaya says, thank you. Jim says you good? Okay. The Mishnah was talking about a case where you're taking a coal out of a bigger fire, and therefore it's a very big one, and therefore you're right, the, the what's it called is bigger. The, the fire one is bigger. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Misham Raya, in the Mishnah we said, Rabbi Yossi didn't like the proof from the Pasuk. Because he says the last one was what I said. The last one was was liquids. You see, liquid liquids the smallest, and you see that the pasuk is assuming that liquid is small enough to be chashuv. The Torah says you're not even going to get something that's going to hold any liquid. So you see that liquid is considered chashuv. If it does hold liquid, it's chashuv. So it sounds like that on Shabbat you should be chayav if you carry out clay the size enough to hold liquid. He's got a strong thing. So no matter what will mayor answer? We're a mayor. Lomi by Kaman. Rameer says, no, the Pasuk wasn't going in order. He was saying, not only something that's chashu for a person, like something taken out of fire, will you not have? You won't even get something that's not fit for people. But just the fact that it says water doesn't mean it's fit for people. Because the pasuk is going like this. Again, let's go back to our mashal of the Ferrari. You have a guy driving down with a Ferrari, and he's not going to shul. So the rabbi comes over and says, you drive that Ferrari, you're not going to Minhat. I'm telling you, there won't be enough metal left in your Ferrari. After it gets into an accident, you'll be fine. But after it gets into an accident, you won't be enough metal in that Ferrari not to make a shovel and not to make a spoon. So 
our Gemara is trying to figure out when you carry out on Shabbat, what's considered chashuv? Is a spoon chashuv or is a shovel chashuv? So Yossi says, look, you see, they both would be a chashuv. Because I said, if I said, you won't have enough for a shovel or a spoon, it sounds like if you have a spoon, it's chashuv. So if you carry a spoon on Shabbat, you chayav. Not just a shovel, even a spoon, you chayav. Because they both mentioned the pasuk. Answers the rabbi, no. No. When we said not a shovel or a spoon, not only won't you have something chashuv, like a shovel, but even something not like not garbage, like a spoon, you won't even have that. But we're not saying that a spoon is chashuv. Now let's translate it back to our case. The bigger one is the fire one, the coal. This, the smaller one is the water. So, And the Navi was saying, according to one rabbi, look, you see, if, it, if we tell you that you're not going to have enough to take out water, that means that even the water one is chashuv. So if you carry on Shabbat a piece of clay that can hold water, you're chayav. So the rabbi, no, you carry a piece of clay to hold water, you patur. Why did the Nevi mention? He's telling you not only something chashuv, but even something not chashuv, you chayav for. Baruch Adman Le'olam, Amen ve'amen. Hadran Alach, Amosi Yain. Okay, guys. Zakhabarov, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. What time tomorrow, Rabbi? We're not done yet. We got to continue. Oh. Sorry, guys. We can't no, leave no. in the middle. It's too too long to leave for tomorrow. Let's get started on Amar Rikiva, okay? Let's do it. I usually like to stop at a pedic, but this pedic's on Amudal. We can't get away with it. Okay. Amar Biakiva. Now, this pedic is discussing Avodazara. It really has nothing to do with the previous pedic at all, as far as I know. Um, it's going to have to do with later on in the pedic. Okay. I'm going to be a kiva. So in order to understand this, um, this item, you have to know the following. Uh, anida and there's a, a bunch of different types of, of tumah. There's tumat nida, tumat zaba, tumat met. Each one has different ways to make you tameh. Now, not all of not all of them are equal. Tumat shiretz, not all of them are equal. A nida makes you tameh b'masta with lifting her. And therefore, if a person lifts up a nida even without touching her, let's say for example, she's sitting on a chair. And you lifted her in the chair. There's a 13-year-old girl sitting in a chair, time of the Gemara. You lifted up the chair. You didn't touch the girl at all. But since you lifted her, you're Tameh Tumat Nida. Okay? The Gemara says, Amar Bikiva, how do we know that if you're picking up an idol, let's say someone takes a Buddha, puts it on a chair, and you lifted the chair, how do we know that you would get Tameh in the time of the Beit HaMikdash? Like an Ida, Shneemar, because the Basuk says, Tizrem Kimodava. You should kiss it like an Ida. A Dava is an Ida. So it says you should kiss Abu Dazara like an Ida. So since it compares it to an Ida, we learned that it makes you Tameh like an Ida makes you Tameh. That if you lift it on a chair, you still get Tameh. That's too much Pasa. Tell, tell it, go out. That's Masuk. Tizrem Kamodava. 
kish is like an ida, and tell it to kish. Say it to Marlo. Ma nida, just like an ida, mitama bimasa, makes you tame when you lift her. When you lift it. Okay. That's the Mishnah. Okay, so the Mishnah is Amra Bekiva telling us how you get Tameh when you lift up a Buddha statue. Yeah, it says the Gemara. Tana, we learned Tana, we learned the Mishnah Hatam over there. Let's say you have a guy who has the unfortunate luck that his house is adjacent to a house of a church. They have a guy with a shared wall and his shared wall one other side of the wall is a church. Okay, it's not so bad. Well, you see what happens now. And now the wall fell and he wants to rebuild the wall. After all, that's the wall of his house. So Technically, what you would do if it's a regular person, you go to the guy, you both chip in, you build a new wall. But he, he can't do that. Because if you build a new wall, Mark, you're building a wall for Abu Dazara, and you're not allowed to do that. So what do you do? He's forbidden to rebuild it. Ketzad Yasser says this other Mishnah. What should he do? Move the wall four avot into your property and rebuild. The chilak. Nowadays in Brooklyn, you have a guy who has a 16-foot house. And the other side of the house, he's got a church. His wall falls. Chalas, your, your house is 12 feet now. 12 feet? What is that, a hut? Sorry, you can't rebuild that party wall because you're going to rebuild the wall. You got to move four avot, six feet. Okay? Is that applicable today? Uh, I don't know that a church is Abu Um Some of the Abu Dazara laws are not so applicable today. Some of them are. If you have a church on the other side of your house, Mark, uh, call Rabbi before you. Uh, I'm on East Ninth. I'm good, but. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Rabbi, okay, this is getting, it's getting more property to the Abu Dazara house, no? <laughs> you need free property then, when you oh, oh, you don't want to build. Oh, you don't want to build on your property. No but, what's going to be the, but what's going to be with the property? He's getting like he, he can't have it. He can build his wall on his property. Should he build maybe two walls? <laughs> you can build your wall four four more in. He'll build his wall on the property line, and you have four more in the middle that you could uh, let you dry a bit there. I don't know. Have have fun. Okay. Okay. Haya, now what happens? Haya, what happens if you're party wall? Haya shilob If the wall was both yours, then nidon mechza al mechza. You measure, let's say the wall in between the houses was three feet thick. And the guy's saying, Uli, my whole house was only 19 feet to start with. And now you're going to cut off six feet from the house. Are you allowed to take and measure the whole wall as his property. Says Gemara, no. You measure from the midpoint of the wall. Okay? And you assume, even though the whole wall, you don't know really whose it was, it was really in between both of you, measure from the halfway point. Okay? 
what about the leftover building materials? In the olden days, when a wall fell down, they would often take the bricks and recycle them instead of buying new ones. I guess the, before the advent of machine-made bricks, it was cheaper to take old bricks. I had a guy once when we were redoing part of the house, there was a guy who said they want the old bricks from the house because you can't get that color anymore. So the guy wanted to save old bricks. So let's say, again, this wall falls down in between you and uh, your the church or the Buddha house, and you want to save the bricks. What about those bricks? Says the Gemara. If you even touch it, you tame like a shenitz because it was connected to Abu Dazara. That's Tanakama. Tanakama says you're tame like a shenitz. Right? Because the Torah says, treat Abu Dazara like a shenitz. Shaketz the shenitz to treat it like a shenitz. Okay, so we have machloket between two rabbis whether the stones of idol worship are tamer like a nida. Nida, we told, we said before, if you pick up nida on a chair, you become tamer even without touching her. Or like a shiritz. Now a shiritz does not metamed masa. If you lift the shiritz on a chair, you're not tamed. We'll see soon what the ramifications are. Amar Abba Rabba says, Why did we say it's strict like an ida? And why weren't we lenient and say it's like a shiritz? Because the basuk says, you should make it strange to you like Anida. Make it strange to you like a stranger. So the idols that be strange like a stranger. Say tell it to leave. He Don't tell it to come in. And therefore, the Amarava, Rava says, According to Rabbah, Rabbah claims that both Tarakama and Rabbi Akiva agree that it's Tamer like an Ida. And you come if you lift it. It is an Ida, because after all, it was compared to an Ida in the Pasuk. Keep what's the Machlok we didn't do about? The Evan Misama. Whether or not an idol could be Tamer with an Evan Misama. Now, an Evan Misama is a new concept. It's not a common concept in the Torah. But it seems like there's a rule like this. Let's say you have a arch, an arch or a, a platform that's standing on two stilts, okay? And you have a guy you have Abu Dazala sitting on the rock. So you have a, a rock on two killing. 
and he's not moving to kill him under the under the rock. Okay, and you put Avodah on that that rock. Rabbi Kiva says, "Ma kinida? It's like kinida. Ma nida mitameh be'ev masama? Just like kinida." Who sits on one of these every one of these rock structures, with is tameh a keli under the rock, okay? Also, an idol can be tameh be every masama. With a man say kishelitz like kishelitz, ma kishelitz not tameh be Just like kishelitz is not become tameh with every masama, ab avodas not tameh be every masama. So to an idol will not be tameh. With an Evan Misama. Okay? So the, everyone agrees, according to this statement of Rabbah, everyone agrees that you're Tameh if you lift it. The question is if the idol is on a rock that's on top of you, but it's not moving you, does that make you Tameh? That's called Evan Misama. And one rabbi is saying, just like an Ida makes you Tameh like that, so does an idol. And the other one is saying, no, we don't compare the idol to the nida so far as an evan misama. Why not? Says the Gemara. According to Bikiva, why did the pasuk say shaket shakatenu that we connected to a avodazah to a shiritz? How is it connected to a shiritz? He'll answer you saying when we said it's like a shiritz, we're not talking about it itself, the idol itself. We're talking about the accessories to the idol. For example. Let's say you have an idol that has a frame around it, or an idol that has a leash of sorts. So the leash is an accessory. That's what I make a shirts. But the idol itself is like an ida. What about the rabbanan who connected to shirts? Why is it compared to nida? Because they agree that it's there when you lift it. Yeah, they, they don't agree about any masama, but they agree about lifting it. Why don't we compare it to Nivela? Because Nivela is also when you lift it and not with Misama when it's on top of you. You're right, we could have said that. We want to prove to you a rule that if, let's say, if loses a limb, the limb does not make somebody else tameh. Similarly, if it loses a limb, it does not become tameh. So that's why we connected it to a nida, and we didn't connect it to a nivela, a carcass. So we're going to stop over here, ve'elah hadabai. Okay? Okay, so we're leaving we're leaving off here, ve'elah hadabai, rabchama, bagura, Okay, and we'll stop over there. Okay, Rabbi, Oh, actually, on, on the holiday, you can carry it. Okay. What time is learning tomorrow? What's that? What time is learning tomorrow? Learning is starting, oh, you want to know, learning tomorrow before the holiday. We should be learning yeah. at 4.30, hopefully. 
Okay. Okay? And then, Harry, we might have a class in the tent on Shavuot, before Mincha. We're planning to have Mincha at 6.45, so at 5.45, we want to do Daf in the awesome. tent. If you can okay. pull it off, guys. Okay? Harry, yeah. you know where my house is? Yeah, I do. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm going to be. I don't know what the story is. Okay, if you we do have masks if you want to come, but we and we're doing six feet apart. But if you're comfortable, we're doing it in the in the desert if you can. But we want since it's a two day thing, we don't want to get stuck. We're doing one during the middle, and then we'll do the rest at the end. Okay. What's the address again? Eighteen eighty five East Seventh. Okay. Just text Ralph that you're coming, and it's, we'd love to have everybody. Okay? Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. We have enough room for plenty of people, we believe, as long as it doesn't rain too much. Okay? Bye, Rabbi. Take care. Thank you.